Ginny, and thank you for coming on to the Perpessence podcast. Thanks, Brian, for having me. So you've been busy traveling around the world, running a successful business, speaking, writing articles, and then you actually have a personal life, I would assume. And uh, I respect that. I respect your work ethic. But you seem like real chill, though. How do you how do you balance your life and how do you do that? Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. My my personal and my work life are all kind of intertwined. Um, so whenever things are kind of in the rough patches with my business, I would say it kind of affects my personal as well. But now, um, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that I'm pretty chilled out. I try to have a better mindset about that, that like, no matter what happens in business, to always just kind of stay calm and to um, just always focus on the fact that things will get better. So I guess mm-hmm. that's kind of where this like, chill out <laughs> uh, personality yeah. is coming from. Yeah. So would you say like, you keep work at work? Try? No, no, I, I try. <laughs> I try. But um, there are definitely days that that doesn't happen. Um, I mean, the other day, I, I think I was up until like, three or four in the morning, just laying in bed mm-hmm. and just having one of those anxiety moments where I'm like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> so those do so, definitely come and go. <laughs> yeah. So do you ever like, kind of force yourself to disconnect then? Yeah, I've been pretty good about that this year. I would say the first two years of my business, um, it, it was always, you know, go, go, go and always being on. And I realized you get to a point where you just you're just mentally burnt out. And when you're mm-hmm. mentally burnt out, you can't perform your your best. And so last year I've been, um, you know, taking time like off, like completely disconnecting from my computer, from being online and to like really focus on having a healthier mindset because that helps me to come back and just have a better performance. Yes. Yeah. I, I force myself to put my phone when I get home and put my phone up in my room upstairs and it's only like a few feet away. I just have to walk upstairs and check it. But for some reason, I don't want to check it, but if it's like my phone, my phone's right over here, like I'll just have the urge to check it for no reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, totally. I get that. Yeah. It helps me out a lot. It lets me focus. Like if I'm going to be on my phone, it needs to be for a reason, not just scrolling through aimlessly and just wasting time, you know? Yeah, I'm so bad at that. Like once I look at my phone, I'll like look at all my messages that came in and then I like I'll put it down and I'll forget to even respond back to my messages. So I need to get better on that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I I fall into the trap too. So sometimes I need to get back into that routine. And yeah, and like I try to like yourself, I try to focus on like quality versus quantity because like if I just burn out, I'm I still have a day job. I have my kids and yeah, I burn out easy. I got to watch that. It's yeah. it's not fun. No, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. It takes the fun out of it actually. And it's like, it should be fun. Oh, a hundred percent. Like once you stop having fun and stop seeing like the purpose of what you're doing, it, it just kind of almost becomes like, why does it matter? And so um, taking those time off and taking that, like having that mental clarity is so important because it lets you, like I said, it lets you refocus on the bigger picture. Right. So from what I understand, you're most known for your company, Wander. Yes. Am I correct? That's correct. Yep. And can you explain to the audience what Wander is and, and uh, why you even started it? Yeah, uh, so Wander, we're a product strategy and user experience design firm. Um, and we focus primarily on how do we minimize your risk? How, how do we build out the best user experience possible um, across like any platform? So we work with you know, uh, startups um, to help them build out their initial MVP all the way to Fortune 500 companies on just constantly auditing their uh, user experience. And it's funny how I started, had really nothing to do with user experience. It was more so my own personal experience. Um, So 
my background, I before I started Wander, I wanted to have my own like tech startup as well. Um, so I was what we like to call um, a, a rescue project. That's what we call internally now. So I, I was one of those rescue projects where I spent a whole year trying to build out an MVP, um, you know, hired an offshore dev team and just tried to create something um, and didn't get to the finish line. Um, and was just kind of directed in all sorts of um, uh, direction and, and kind of running around trying to build something. And so it was a mix of that and coming out of it feeling really demoralized, feeling like, oh, well, I spent all this time and money and I still have nothing to show. And then um, I also wanted to just travel. I got to a point where I was like, well, fuck this. Like, I don't want to build a company um, that I know nothing about. I've, I can't seem to raise any money. And it's clearly a sign that I should be doing something else. And um, I just wanted to go travel the world. And so this was about... Four years ago, I decided to pick up freelancing and um, kind of consult other people based on the mistakes that I've made. And uh, that was kind of a way for me to pay for my travels. And so that was the early cool. day days of Wander, which is why it's called Wander. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah. And then so I got there, to there's a, point a reason. Where I, yeah. Yeah, there's a reason for the name. And I got <laughs> to a point where I was, uh, you know, juggling more than enough clients for myself. And I started hiring other freelancers to help me. And then uh, eventually uh, brought them all on board full time and built up the company. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, like I said before, I'm not good with the lingo, but like, are, are you essentially like someone that, what say I want to start up a company? I have an idea, and you're someone to say, "All right," and you're like, kind of like guiding me to yeah. a good direction. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, so out of Wander, we're doing a spinoff project uh, with Adobe. It's called the Startup Bootcamp. And uh, it's a four-week program where we're working with early-stage text uh, founders on basically teaching them like how to build um, an initial prototype, an MVP, uh, without spending all the time, all the money and resources. Uh, so at the end of the four weeks, you have uh, what we call a clickable prototype. You'll have a pitch deck of like what the investors are looking for. Um, and then we tell you exactly how much you need to raise based on uh, the type of team you need to hire. And then we'll put you in front of of our uh, network of investors. Awesome. That, that's fantastic because a lot of people that are listening to this are tend to be people that are the dreamers. So maybe this is something they should uh, check out. <laughs> yeah, and we created this program just, you know, based on my own personal experience and over the years through Wander, like working with a lot of other early stage founders, it's... You, it's usually the same avoidable mistakes, which are, you know, spending too much time, spending too much money, hiring an offshore dev team that couldn't deliver or um, trying to fundraise, but not knowing how much to raise or where to look. So we've kind of gathered all those um, same common mistakes and uh, created a program to really help build out the foundations for these early stage founders. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that you started that because that's 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 inspiring, inspiring for myself, to be honest. It lets me know that, you know, that I have the possibility to do something as well. Yeah, of course, anybody can. Yeah, right. It's all about just getting started. It, you know, I find that a lot of people, um, they kind of psych themselves out like, oh, wow, you have this company like you're so lucky. I can't believe you've done that. That seems like, so, like to them, it seems like such a big deal. But for me, it almost seems like, well, what's really stopping you? Because getting started is not that hard. Um, you just right. got to have the right mentality. Right. I find it's, it's, it's not the actual process of starting, but the beforehand like is harder because just because you just got to like, get out of that fear of failure and just jump in. Right, right. 
And it's a lot of societal societal constraint too. Like that's how we were raised. Like, oh, don't yeah. go outside of the norm. Like, don't be um, unconventional because it's not safe. Like, it's the unknown. But that's really the only things that really do stop us from, uh, you know, living our greatest potential is always like stopping to think what what what's the societal norm. Right. And yeah, nothing's actually normal. <laughs> <laughs> you can lose any job just like your own business like it's right. any day something can get cut so uh, yeah. i've been yeah i've been following you on instagram which is at Ginny o j-i-n-n-y-o-h-h right yep that's correct <laughs> all right for a while now and you have some amazing content on there but Thank i you. felt like you're welcome i felt like I struck gold when I happened upon your Instagram watch and I rarely go on there. I feel, I, I think it was supposed to be a big thing. And like, I don't know, I just got lazy and never would click that little Instagram watch. And, but literally I swear today I watched all of your live fearlessly videos on there and my jaw just like dropped and I oh love everything gosh. about it. <laughs> I had to make this episode about that, living fearlessly. So I had to change everything. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Like, that really means a lot to me that you've watched <laughs> all of that. Because when, whenever I posted it, I'm just like, you know, I seem really silly. I don't know who's going to see it. And then whenever I get responses like what you just said, like, I'm just like, wow, okay. That, that, that tells me that, you know, I want to do more of that. Yes, please. Because I feel like that's the real you. Like, I'm like, this is it. So what is the Live Fearlessly Challenge? Yeah, so this started um, back um, uh, back in December, early December. I, um, I went on a retreat in Bali. And um, there were a couple of things that just kind of happened even before I went on the retreat. Um, I was kind of, I was starting a new chapter in my life. And I was on this path of like, I guess, I don't know, not to sound cheesy, but like self-discovery. And mm. I went on this retreat and I'm realizing that over the last few months and based on like what was really being shared and, and um, said in, during the retreat that I am very, um, or I was very um, uh, arm's length with people. And I was very closed off. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was in fear of allowing people to see the vulnerable side of me. I was in fear that like I was going to get hurt because I, I used to be bullied a lot like when I was growing up. And so I've always just kind of kept my distance with people. Um, and it was always quantity, quantity of my network rather than quality. And um, after that realization, I decided, well, you know what? Screw living in fear. Like, I want to just live the best life possible. And I want to be in vulnerable situations. And I want to show people that I can, like, live fearlessly. And so that's kind of where that all started. And uh, I made it a challenge to do it just for 30 days straight and do challenges that are physically scary, uh, emotionally scary, and, and just, like, uh, challenges that put me back into my social anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that social anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there's a lot you did. I had to make some notes like, uh, surfing and swimming in open water. I suck it in water. <laughs> and, uh, I remember I had to force myself to swim. I was like 13 years old or something like that. I went down a water slide in a pool. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I don't know how to swim. This, I might die, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. I, I remember that. That's a, that's a big deal if you're scared of water. Yeah. I, um, I didn't learn how to swim until I was a teenager um, because I almost drowned as a kid. I did the same thing. I went down like a slide and I almost drowned. And since then, I like couldn't go back into water until I was a teenager. And wow. then um, I started like conditioning myself. Like I learned how to like swim and then I learned how to um, snorkel, then went into scuba diving. And then the most recent one was trying to get over like uh, big waves and, and going surfing. And so, um, so that was a big deal for me to like go surfing and actually learn and really, really enjoy it. And now I'm kind of like obsessed with surfing. 
right? <laughs> How cool is that? Like you go from being scared of water and now you're doing things like that. You know, a lot of people you probably talked to have never done. Yeah. Oh no, trust me. I'm still scared of the water, but I still, yeah. I, I go out and do it anyways. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So you ate with the stranger. I've never done that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That very, was very interesting. interesting. <laughs> that was actually not as hard as I thought it would be. Um, so the, the stranger was just kind of like sitting right next to me and I just, um, I told him like, Hey, like you should order X, Y, Z. And then that's kind of how yeah. the conversation started. Yeah. And that's like awesome. The fear that's is all in our heads. Yeah. And that's how we should meet people instead of on like it's it's cool online and stuff. But like, like, how cool is it to like you're sitting next to someone and you have a conversation with them? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, dancing in public. Oh, that was kind of scary. <laughs> I would be nervous, too, though. Like, I don't know any dance moves. <laughs> Like, yeah. And and the funny thing is like when people see my um Live Fearlessly videos, they just think like, oh, okay, Jenny's drunk. And right. actually, um I've I stopped drinking um back in November. And so um all the challenges that everyone sees, I'm completely sober, I'm not taking drugs, I'm not right. drinking, it's just me at my rawest form. Right. So what made you quit drinking? Uh, it's just all part of this, um, new chapter of my life. Just trying awesome. to be the best possible version of myself. I, I always want to wake up, um, just again, going back to mental clarity. I want to wake up feeling fresh and ready to ta tackle the day. I don't want to be all, you know, groggy and getting over a hangover and then starting my day at noon or 1 PM. Yes. Uh, when I started this podcast, I quit drinking. Um, what I did was I'm like, all right, I want to record all these episodes and have a whole season recorded before I even launch my first episode ever. I'm like, all right, I'm dead serious about this. I, I was also starting a new chapter in my life. And I'm like, if I have to be the best version of myself. Than that. And the answer was no. So that I, I, I still drink every once in a while. But at that time, I wasn't drinking for the majority of the year. And it was awesome. Yeah, no, it's great. And the, the, the best thing is I, you know, whenever I do go out, I have so much more energy than I used to. Like before, it's yes. like if I go out and I drink, all I want to do is go home and sleep. And now it's like, okay, no, I can stay out. <laughs> I can keep up. Yeah. Yeah, your body tells you afterwards, like, how you really feel. Yeah. <laughs> and you can learn to enjoy those things without it. It's tough at first, yes, but yeah, you can you can laugh just as much and let free just as much. And when you do, it's even better when you're not using anything else as a crutch. Yeah, 100%. Uh one was call your estranged sister. <laughs> that was a tough one. That Not was a tough lie. one. Yeah, that was tough. And um, when I posted that, that was before I learned how to uh, edit my videos. So I uploaded the entire conversation on there. And um, it was interesting because when I was calling her, I didn't even know if that was my sister's number. Right. Um. Like her and I, um, we know of each other through our parents. You know, my mom would just say, oh, your sister um, just got, you know, she just got her uh, residency or, oh, like your niece wow. did X, Y, Z. And it's just, um, it's interesting because she's family, but she also feels like she's not family. Uh, so it's a, yeah. it's a touchy, it's a touchy topic. Yeah. Um, yes. And I remember like being so happy that she picked up and um, I was happy about her initial reaction because my fear was that she was going to pick up and say, why did you call me? And then kind of like hang up. Um, yeah. But instead, when she picked up, it was more like, oh, like, 
almost like we had just spoken last week or something. It was very like normal. And mm-hmm. when we hung up, I just I couldn't help myself but like burst out into tears. Right. Do you yeah. think maybe she at that point in time she felt like you? Like, you know, I have don't really know my sister too well. And like maybe wanted that the same thing. Um, it's hard to say. My sister is really hard to read. Um, so I don't know. I was I was really hoping that that kind of opened up my door um, to have a new relationship with her. But since that conversation, um, I have not spoken to her again. So mm. it's interesting. You know, I want to be hopeful and think that we that that did open a, a small crack in the door. But we'll see. Right. We'll it definitely. See. It definitely did. I have uh, I have two stepbrothers, and uh, one of them I've never met in person. Wow. Okay. Isn't that crazy? But guess, check this out. We talk every day. What? We, okay. We, That's awesome. We'll, we'll FaceTime for hours, and we collaborate with each other, and it's crazy. He is, like, my biggest fan. I'm his biggest fan, and we just lift each other up. Never met. Where does he live? L.A. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. And, yeah, it took a while. Like, we never spoke. We never really knew of each other until we were, like, teenagers. And then you know how that is. Like, I ain't talking. I don't know who he is. Why would I even want to talk to him? And then, like, for some reason... I had to talk to him. I don't know um, how it started. Like, now we just talk every day. I need to ask him, how did we start talking every day? Because I don't remember. And I, I have an, yeah, I have a, another stepbrother as well. And I don't know him very well. And I think about that a lot. And I just let, I just, let things be natural and whatever happens happens no thoughts about anything and there's nothing but love and but there's still that like thing in my mind where it's like you know i have a stepbrother that i don't talk to it's in my mind and it's just that yeah weird weird feeling like something could be but it's not right yeah, I can totally relate. Yeah. So uh, what did you learn from from that, from stepping outside your comfort zone and calling someone that, like, is family? Um, to me, that was probably one of if not the hardest challenge and so everything that kind of followed and I think that was day number four it was very it was one of the earlier ones and so everything that followed um didn't feel as hard as that phone call which like to some people is just crazy they're like oh you just called your sister how is that difficult but for me that was just that was man that was tough (laughs) that was tough yeah. And like my so, parents, my parents saw that as well. And I'm sure they've cried too. And my mom called me. They're like, what, like, what are you doing? <laughs> she didn't understand like the live fearlessly challenges. And she's just like, what are you like? Don't bother your sister. Why are you like, <laughs> what are you, why are you like emotionally getting hurt from this like stupid thing that you're doing? <laughs> right. It was just like, it was just raw and honest and i thank you for doing that because it lets us know that you're human and we can relate yeah for sure i mean um you know everything that i do i try to be as authentic as possible um you know i do a lot of content writing on linkedin and the things that i like to share because i don't i don't uh instagram is different but for linkedin i don't post a lot um, as other, you know, founders and marketers do. Um, for me, I, I share whenever I do have like a real authentic moment because um, I feel like 
you know, I, I can talk about my successes all day, but no one, no one really cares about that. Like what people really relate to and understand and can, and can really resonate with are all the failures and all the tough times that I've ever had and all the times that I was vulnerable and, and letting them know like, yeah, like I've gone through that shit too, but things are going to be okay. Right. Yeah. That's the foundation of your successes. Yeah. So you change your friend's bandages. You're, uh, you don't oh, like blood. That was, gross. <laughs> <laughs> that was gross. Oh man. Um, yeah, he he broke his leg um, on a scooter Ow. accident in Bali. Yeah, he um, he was doing a U-turn and just kind of like completely like reeled his uh, engine and and fell off like a uh, like a ten feet cliff. Um, I'm just what? so happy. I know. I went back to the accident um, location. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe you're still alive. Um, but anyways, um, we were all, me and my friends, we were all sitting around. It's like 10 p.m. at night. I'm like, fuck, guys, I got to do this challenge. I don't know what to do. And they're like, why don't you just change my gauze pad? I was like, oh, <laughs> actually, that yeah, that's a really good challenge because I, I, I will faint at the sight of blood. But luckily, I didn't faint. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one personally is like kind of like a big deal for me. Introduce yourself to everyone passing by. Was that in a mall? That was at the um, uh, that was at the mall in Singapore. I can't remember the name of the mall. It's like the one big one there. Um, fuck, I can't remember the name of it. But anyway, right. yeah, I, I um, my friend challenged me to introduce myself to every passing person in a mall. And as you can see, it is the most cringeworthy video <laughs> that I've ever seen. Um, I'm so awkward and I felt awkward. And I think one of the challenges of that was um, just, you know, Asian culture in general. Like you don't really have a lot of people who um, are out of the norm. Like no one really approaches strangers in 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 most of Asia, um, yeah. and so to have a random stranger come up to you and say like, "Hi, I'm Ginny," it's it's really <laughs> weird. Like they they didn't even know what to do. They weren't shaking my hand, which made it so much awkward. Um, I think if I had done that challenge in the states, it would have probably probably have been a little bit easier. Um, so it was an added cultural challenge to do that in Singapore. So what was going oh. through your mind? Um, just get this over with. Just get this over with. <laughs> like, ooh, that uh, person looks friendly. Maybe he'll shake my hand. <laughs> uh, it's, it's great. This is when it like, it's getting entertaining. Like, if you're going through the videos and this, at this point, I'm thoroughly entertained. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry it's at your expense. But... I do. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I'm here to entertain. <laughs> <laughs> But I grew up in like rock bands and stuff. And if you want to get people to come to your show, you got to go to the mall and say, hey, you want to buy a ticket to watch my band? <laughs> and like, <laughs> I feel the same exact way. Like, oh, everyone's going to think I'm stupid. I don't want to watch your band. Are you even good? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that, that takes some guts. Oh, yeah, for sure. But when you think about it, like, you know, you will never, you will probably never meet that person again in your yeah. life. So yeah. now, now, like, I mean, yes, I still have fear um, when it comes to like talking to strangers or making myself seem silly. But I think after all of those experiences, what the mentality I have is no matter what stupid thing I do, I'm probably never going to see that person again. So who, yeah. who cares? Right. <laughs> That's yeah, that's how I see it now. Like, you know, yeah, you probably never yeah, you'll never actually see that person again. And it's crazy because if well, you travel a lot, so you probably will definitely never see them again. <laughs> yeah. But like if you're if you basically live where or ba basically just like your daily life revol revolves around where you live and you don't really go that far you still probably won't see them. And you probably only see a million people in your lifetime if you stay in one spot. Right. So, yeah, like, when I go through that now, like, 
I don't care. I, I just be me. Like, I stopped pretending and being a people pleaser. Now I get to actually be myself with every person around me, which is amazing. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And for for me, what I've noticed, one small difference, which well, actually it's kind of made a big difference in my life. Um, like ever since I, I've started these Live Fearlessly challenges, I started having less back pain, which is kind of funny. Like I used to be so like so tense, like nervous oh. talking to people. And now it's just like, oh, okay, I don't really care. So I have less back pain. Wow. You tensed up from anxiety and being nervous. Yeah so much that it hurt your back yeah yeah (laughs) wow and like yeah that raises like blood pressure like people everyone walking around probably like the majority of people with high blood pressure and that stuff yeah if they just relax a little bit stop living in fear maybe that would help that out Exactly. So your your mind can do so much. Like it's helped me to like have less physical pain um, just from getting over my my social anxiety. I mean, I'm still not fully over it. I still feel um, a lot of like imposter syndrome, and I get scared like talking to people. But less so now, and uh, yeah, less back pain. Right. So you went on a huge ass giant swing. That was a swing, right? I think it was a swing. At first, I thought it was like some bungee jump thing. And then I know it's like, woo, big giant ass swing. Yeah, that was fun. (laughs) Yeah. You ate a a durian fruit. That's how you say it, right? Durian? Yeah, durian. That was the spiky thing. That was nasty. That was so nasty. That was not even a scary challenge. That was just a disgusting challenge. (laughs) You know, if I can find those, my buddies and I, we meet every Sunday. We try weird things. I need to get a hold of those durian fruits. Yeah. You know, it's like illegal in some cities and countries because it smells oh. so bad. Yeah. They like completely ban it. It smells bad? What does it smell yeah. like? Um, so I have a really bad sense of smell, so I couldn't really smell it, but the friend who was uh, filming it for me, he was in physical pain, just like being in that vicinity of, of the jury. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm going to keep that a mental note of that because we, we like to try weird things. <laughs> All right. Maybe um, you'll like it. I don't know. Some people like the taste You never of it know. And, yeah. I might like it. You know, yeah. I'm going to have, I'm going to keep a positive mindset that I might like this. Yeah. yeah. I, I did too. I thought maybe I would be one of those rare people that like it but no 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 no, i was not (laughs) uh you um you got really raw and you talked about your insecurities yeah that was a hard one yeah because you're opening up to everyone about what you feel deep in there like what you honestly feel yeah. Um, so I got inspired by a friend of mine. Um, her name is uh, Virginia Castillo. You guys can follow her at uh, Jenny Can Breathe. And she was talking about, um, you know, her insecurities. And I just felt so inspired, like, oh, you know what, like, her insecurities are just like, just like mine. And it's just like everybody else's. And you start to realize when you talk about it and you're open about it, that you're really not alone in uh, what you're scared of and what you're insecure about, because a lot of people have them too. And it almost becomes empowering when you do share because you start to hear everybody else's story. Um, Like for me, um, out of all the challenges I've done, that one had the most amount of impact on my audience. I had so many people respond back and write to me and tell me like, you know, that they could relate and that, you know, um, and I don't know, they would tell tell me their, their uh, version of their insecurities and stories. And it was just really touching and it was very inspiring. Right. Yeah. I, I related to a lot of that. Not, not all of it, but like there's a lot of little bits and pieces in there that's like oh yeah that that that's deep i i definitely relate to that 
Which part like, was it? <laughs> well, let's 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 go. What, back. Was it being the was it being the Asian woman? <laughs> oh yeah, you know, <laughs> deep inside, you know, <laughs> I'm honestly an Asian woman on the inside, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Um, no, growing up, um, I felt invisible growing up, basically. At family get-togethers, I was forced to go. I didn't want to go, but hey, I was a kid, had to go. I didn't talk. Uh, people thought I, was, I got away with being shy, but I wasn't shy. Just didn't had nothing to relate to. Didn't want to talk. Didn't want to open up. Became a habit, and yeah, I was invisible. Then I picked up the guitar, and it's like, Hey, look at me. People are noticing me. I'm getting good at something. And all of a sudden, I have something to show off. And but still I'm like people only like me for what I can do, not for me. They don't like me for me. And I still still felt like that invisible person. And guess what? I felt like that until I was 27 years old. I decided that I don't want to be invisible anymore. I wanted to let myself go and let myself be known for who I am instead of what I do. Yeah, that's amazing. So that, that was a big insecurity of mine. And it still haunts me from time to time. And I had to like recuperate and be like, no, just shake it off. Yeah. I mean, so much of who we are, it's funny, like, it's shaped by, shaped and fueled by our insecurities. And sometimes it's a good thing, and sometimes it's a bad thing if it gets in the way. So yeah. I think for me, a, a part of what really fuels me to, like, constantly, um, you know, do bigger things and uh, create more impact is probably because, yeah, like, growing up, I felt like I couldn't. I couldn't do anything. I felt very helpless. I felt like, um, like, yeah, that I couldn't make a difference um, because I didn't have a voice. I felt like I didn't have a voice. And so now, like, I the things that I do, it's because I want to have that voice and I want to, like, speak up and create impact and create positivity. So. When do you feel like that happened? Um, when did I start feeling like I've, I've been creating impact? When you decided to have a voice. Um, I think I've always felt like, um, I had a voice, but that no one was really listening. And I think I started to... It's funny because I still have that insecurity now where, yeah, I'm talking, but no one's listening. Like, yeah, I'm trying to um, trying to make a difference, but you're, you're blocking me from doing that or you're um, making me feel like an outsider. Um, I, still yeah. have, I still have all of that. But I think it, got, it started getting better, I would say, maybe not too long ago. I would say maybe a year ago is when I started okay. to realize, like, oh, shit, I actually am doing something cool. Like, I'm actually uh, doing something impactful. And, um, yeah, but it, it just took me a while to get here. And all I'm right. still trying to get over it. So <laughs> give me a few yeah. years and ask me that question again later. <laughs> <laughs> of course. What I feel like is like, like, I'm not trying to change the world and like, I'm not going to like, look, look at the people who try to change the world, like Gandhi and like these people and what have they done, you know, except for they change themselves and they can impact one person at a time and that can slowly help impact others and just being yourself that like I want to be myself. I want my voice heard, but I don't care if it's by anyone. It could be like to my cat, like, and then that that's cool. My kids, that's cool. But like, I don't need everyone to hear my voice, 
but I want to get like you, like you said about talking about your insecurities. Like I like getting it out. I like getting my thoughts out. That's why I want to do this podcast. That's why I like writing. Like I just want to get it out there. Like I, if someone happens upon it, like that's amazing. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's been a nice ripple effect. Um, I've had a few other people actually using the hashtag live fearlessly and then them posting their challenges and sharing with, you know, their network of what they've done. And it's just like, to me, like, those are moments where I just want to like freeze time and be like, Oh my God, like, that's amazing. (laughs) Let me just soak this all in. (laughs) I had a crazy idea. I was like, well, it's not really crazy, but I was like, she should make t-shirts. Like, I feel like that would be sweet. Oh, cool. Like a Live Fearlessly t-shirt. Yeah. I think that would be sweet. That's cool, yeah. I'd buy it. <laughs> I just I just want one, that's all. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll send one for you and uh, whenever I go into production with that. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, just talking about the insecurities, it's it's something we don't do much. And it's something that we need to do more often. And yeah, with people that are close and just strangers. Yeah, yeah. So you crossed the busiest road in Bali. Yeah, that wasn't too much of a challenge, though. It was just more like a <laughs> stupid, like, just get, up, get to the other side and come back. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm pretty good at that, crossing yeah. busy roads. Yeah, it was like playing Frogger in real life. Yeah, <laughs> I don't recommend that, people. <laughs> no, I, I do not recommend that at all. If you do, <laughs> please wear a helmet <laughs> and maybe some body pads. <laughs> so there was one you like st- stood in like a, a rice field and it was like real dark. Yeah. That was surprisingly peaceful. Um, so I'm terrified of the dark and I'm scared of like being by myself in the dark because I'm 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 superstitious. And I how's that, how's that superstitious though? No, 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 so I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm superstitious in a way where like if I'm in the dark by myself, I'll like look over my shoulder to make sure there's not a ghost behind me. Like oh, no. <laughs> I, I I'm a grown ass woman who still believes in ghosts. <laughs> Um, and so that challenge, uh, was, uh, yeah, going out into the rice field on my own. It's really eerie and creepy and like, like it's quiet and I'm just, you know, you never know what's going to jump out at you. But then like after five minutes, we're just like, oh, this is actually really peaceful. Like I hear the, bu- like the bugs and the bird, well, not so much the birds, but just like the, the, the water, um, trickling down um you can kind of uh you see the moonlight it's pretty peaceful yeah so like forced you to be present yeah i would say so cool yeah and being present you don't think about anything at all except for what is literally now yeah which is what i always recommend and i've talked about this like if you're becoming anxious or you're having just thoughts, just racing thoughts or just like too many thoughts, it's just like you're on overload, like yeah. to be pre- present. And you can do that with anything. You can stop and look at something and admire it for what it is. And just it could be the simplest thing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like for the longest while, I didn't know how to be present. Um, like I've really, I've ruined a lot of good relationships because you know, I would physically be present and my mind was racing off to somewhere else. And yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know how to be a good friend. I didn't know how to be a good partner. I, um, I just wasn't there mentally. And now like, you know, I've learned to really um, just, be there and actually be present it's hard it's it sounds really easy to do but it's hard it is we can get stuck in a in a endless time loop and forget that we live here in the now we don't live in the future or the past yeah 
like relationships, I feel it's important that like when you go out to eat together, go out to eat together. Don't sit together at a table and look at your phone or look around yeah. the room. Yeah, <laughs> I hate that. I it yeah, now I like hate when people are on their phones when we're out to eat. It's just like, okay. It's it's a 30 minute, maybe an hour meal. Can we just yeah. disconnect from our phones just for that yes. time being? And that's why I love my friend group so much. We all put away our phones and we actually just talk about our week and laugh and just like have a good time and connect with each other and actually develop real relationships with each other. Yeah. Have you ever tried this game where you all put uh, your phones in the middle and whoever picks it up first picks up the tab? Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> it, it'll, catch... force you to, it'll force you to put your phone down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going I'm to keep that in mind because we don't check our phones, but if I catch someone doing that, I'll, I'll, I'll mention it. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you you did a solo road trip. Yep, that was so I, I like this one. Yeah, yeah, that one was fun. Um, so I drove about four hours east of where I was on my scooter by myself, um, and it was it was Christmas Eve when I did that. Um, and it was a lot of fun. I did some really amazing sightseeing through like the, the countryside and, um, just again, like being present, just like have my headphones on, just, you know, listening to music, doing some thinking and it was, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I love solo driving. Like I'm just kill like doing it to kill time. Like say I'm out and about and like, I have, like, I'm taking my boy to an appointment and or therapy or something and i have an hour to kill oh let's drive around to places. yeah let's take let's take the street i've never taken before and just like you you find something that's you would never see before if you have never done that right yeah and like so many people are like they're like oh like that's dangerous why would you take a road trip by yourself but it's just like what what's so dangerous about it you know, it's just, right. it's in your head. Um, it's actually quite safe. <laughs> I'm going through right. the countryside. Nothing could really, uh, nothing could really uh, get me. And um, <laughs> uh, I guess the second part of that challenge, that, so I did that. And then a few days later, I um, went down this mountain road, um, which was one of my favorite challenges. Uh, so I just like, I, I, I was meant to go snorkeling. I, so I have my snorkeling gear on me, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go by the beach. And then I just kept driving because I, I didn't see a really good spot I wanted to stop and go snorkeling. So I just kept driving, and I saw this one road. It kind of looked like it, uh, it was going into the mountains. So I was like, oh, I wonder how far that will go. So I started taking it, and then the road started becoming more and more narrow, and then it became rocky. And then you realize, like, fuck, this is no longer a road. It's just... <laughs> just rocks and path and um eventually i had to get off my scooter and start hiking but that was an incredible wow. um hike like i went all the way up to the top and i realized like there's a whole village up there which is unbelievable because you're like holy shit like who lives up in the, these mountains and clearly there are people that live there um had an amazing view had this beautiful temple up there um so yeah and i would have never found it had i not been like where does this road go <laughs> Yeah, and like, yeah, that that piques your curiosity, and if you are curious about something, like, what if pops in, and so do it. Yeah. Do that what oh, yeah. if. Yeah, and I have the biggest FOMO, too, so I feel like if I don't do something that piques my curiosity, that I feel like I'm missing out on something. So I saw, I saw that word, I heard you say it, I don't know what FOMO is. You don't know what FOMO is? Oh my gosh! No. Uh, so, so FOMO, uh, F O M O, stands for fear of missing out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nice. I get that too. I'm bad with that. Yeah, I'm terrible with that. 
that's why I try to take every opportunity given to me with within reason and great things happen. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, traveling like paths or whatever and seeing where they lead to is amazing. I've I've uh, visited parks like national parks and traveled a long stone staircase and saw beautiful waterfalls and it's like i'm so glad i hiked i'm tired but i'm glad i hiked all day to see this it was worth it and it's like an image just like imprinted in my brain forever like i'll never forget it yeah yeah i remember when i got to the top i was just like damn like I was not prepared to do that hike. Um, I was wearing flip-flops. I had my oh. like snorkeling gear. I was completely dehydrated because I didn't have any water. Uh, no sunscreen, no bug spray. So I've got like mosquito bites all on my body. I'm like kind of sunburned, uh, really dehydrated and just, yeah. <laughs> but definitely glad I did that though. Yeah, definitely. Then you spent 24 hours in isolation. Yep. Also an amazing challenge. Um, yeah. Again, people people think, you know, when you're in, during holidays, like it's just a societal norm to go home to your family, your friends, and put on a big celebration. But honestly, that is really stressful. I don't know about you, but I get so stressed out during holiday season because it's like, oh my God, I got to like see all my friends. I got to see all my family. I got to make sure everyone's having a great time. I got to yeah. make sure I'm like pretending to be happy when in fact I'm not happy. And so, um, and another part of that that plays into effect is social media as well because people are um, constantly checking like what are what are they doing during the holiday time and it's just almost like this comparison game um, so what I did um, on Christmas Day was I shut off my phone I um, I got invited to a, a Christmas party from my friend and I said no and I just um, was just completely by myself um, it was nice the fact that you know there's not Christmas decorations around but mm -hmm. uh, just spent the day doing some writing and reflecting. I went snorkeling um, and just hanging out. And it was honestly the best holiday I've ever had because it was the first holiday where I wasn't stressed out. <laughs> right. You you have peace and you like to let go of habits. Like that's how I feel when I'm isolated. Like I focus on I get to focus on myself. Yeah. So what did did you learn anything then like when you were reflecting like what how did you do that? Um I think what I learned from that is just to shut out social media even if it was just for a day just to shut that out and like not care about what other people are doing and just focus on what I'm doing. And what I was doing was uh like just writing and reflecting and that was really enjoyable so awesome. uh, I, I guess the big takeaway is when you when you're going through social media you put the focus on other people and you put the focus on what everyone else is doing and you stop focusing on what you're doing or what's important to you hmm. that's amazing we need to uh put that on billboards or something because <laughs> that's so true we do focus on everyone else but, but ourselves. And we're always on social media. That's, that's awesome. You can quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you went scuba diving. We already talked about scuba diving, but you went and saw a shipwreck. And uh -huh. I need to go scuba diving. I need to hop on this train. It, it looks awesome. Yeah, whole new world down there. <laughs> and then we talked about already the road less traveled and yeah that's something i recommend to people is to take the proverbial road less traveled and see where it takes you instead of taking the same way to work the same yeah. way to your friend's house like try something different experience something different and tr i like to I like to at least attempt to try something different every day, even if it's something tiny, 
because we get caught in our routines. The same, our favorite meal at the restaurant gets the same thing. We have our favorite drinks. Like, we got to switch it up. Oh, for sure, yeah. And I, I got that tattooed on my foot, too, <laughs> taking the road less traveled by. Fun oh. fact. <laughs> Very cool. Got that uh, on my 23rd birthday. Nice. So you travel all over the world, and there's some pretty amazing pictures on your Instagram. And it's, it does inspire me to travel someday. I want to take a year and focus on that, it, even if it's just one place or something. I need to make the year of travel is what I would like to do. But what are a few of your favorite places that you have visited? Yeah. Um, so it's always a tough question when people ask me, where, where's your favorite place in the world? Because I feel like each part of the world is so different and I have different experiences there. And like, even if I, even if I say like, oh, this is my favorite place in the world and I go back to it, it's just not the same because I'm at a different age. I have different yeah. experiences now. Um, but some of my favorite memories of, um, of, the places that I really enjoyed going to, uh, I'll give you my top five list. Um, okay. Columbia, yeah, Columbia. Uh, that's when um, that's where I actually started wander. Uh, I, I spent like about eleven weeks backpacking throughout the country, and I just I loved it. It was incredible. You have everything that you would, could have possibly want in one country. Um, Iceland is just so picturesque. Mm. Uh, everything you see is just like. Oh my gosh, you you want you would want to take a photo of every angle of that country. Um, I love China. It's it's an interesting country. I have a very love hate relationship with it. I love it for all the quirkiness, all the opportunities, all the nature, and I hate it for all the backwardness and um, all the spitting and um, the spitting. The <laughs> it's a cultural thing. So the Chinese think that spit in your mouth is considered dirty. And so they need to spit it out. But they're not just like, like this. They're like, <laughs> like, you know, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I am so using that on Sunday with my, with my friends. <laughs> everywhere you and there's so many people so you're hearing that sound every like two seconds and you, I could not get used I was I was in China for about a total of eight months I cannot I did not get used to that at all um and then you see like I don't know moms with their kids and like they'll let the kids like poo anywhere like as if it's a dog what? um yeah yeah it's it's weird and so there are all huh. these like odd cultural things that I never really understood but I still I still loved it for all of its quirkiness oh, I'm sure it's awesome there too though yeah um so yeah Colombia Iceland China uh Portugal beautiful beautiful country um and let's see I I really I mean I go to Indonesia like I've been going to Indonesia once a year now um and I, it keeps pulling me back. There's a special huh. place in my heart for it. So, yeah, Bali. Awesome. Oh, of course. I've heard a lot about that place. Yeah. It's a, it's a place of transformation. That's all I can say. Okay. If you had to pick one lesson that you have learned outside of the United States, what would that be and how did it impact you? Yeah. Um, so... I actually didn't grow up in the States. I uh, was born in Korea. I lived in Canada and I've lived in some other countries as well. And so um, the U.S., I've been here uh, kind of in and out for the last, um, I think, eight or so years. And one thing that I would tell everyone is that the world is not as dangerous as you think. You know, when I, when I told my friend that I was, when I told my friends that I was going to Colombia, the most common reaction was be careful and come back with all your limbs. That was like a common thing that my friends are telling me. And to be honest, I feel like it's more dangerous to be in the U.S. than it is to be in Colombia. Wow. Um, personal, yeah, personally, because, you know, uh, yeah, it used, it, the country, yes, used to be at some point, um, you know, had the highest kidnapping rate. But now 
they've um it's a safe country people are so nice um i honestly feel more dangerous walking down the streets of los angeles because i don't know who has a gun um <laughs> so i would tell people that the world is not as dangerous as you think as the media portrays it and the more you travel the more you come to a realization that what you see in the media is falsely portrayed that's awesome that's awesome and i've heard that before with one of my previous guests and she traveled the world and it just shouts that it's like hey mexico ain't dangerous like you think like it's probably safer than the u.s and like you always hear like about crime and everything and like you hear about crime in all different kinds of countries and we never think about our own country and yeah I, i've heard it before and it's something people don't talk about that the world is not what you think yeah yeah like i've had more nights like being scared walking in the states than i have like walking like in a foreign country um you know like i've been to places where i felt like a little bit of like hostility but not as much as i have like in the states to be completely mm -hmm. honest that's that's crazy so what is your personal definition of living fearlessly uh, my personal definition is um, breaking out of the societal norm. It's as simple as that. We have fear. When you're born, you're not born with fear. Fear gets built up by what society tells you you should do. And when you do something outside of that norm, that's where your brain tells you, like, don't do it because it's not normal. Mm, I love it. What does it feel like when you do overcome your own fears? I feel silly, to be honest, um, because after you overcome your fear, you're just like, oh, that was not a big deal at all. I was just being really silly, mm -hmm. scaring myself that I can't do that, that I shouldn't mm. do that. Yes, I, I still do that. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you still run into things that you fear? Oh, yeah, all the time, of course. <laughs> Can you share one with us? Um, so I, I recently, this past weekend, I was out in Utah and it was for, um, like an entrepreneur, uh, uh, entrepreneur group, um, retreat and going into that retreat, I just, of course I had this big fear. I always have imposter syndrome when I go into groups like that, especially when it's, uh, this group in particular, um, it's, it's a curated group. So it scares me that like people are so accomplished and I just feel like this, like, you know, um, I feel less of an entrepreneur, like, holy shit, like everyone else has all of these successes and who am I and feeling this imposter syndrome. And then you like, throughout the weekend, you realize like, oh, that's just stupid. Like you're there because they chose you to be there. And there's a reason why you're meant to be. Don't psych yourself out. Like it's, it's just stupid to think that way. Uh, but yeah, no, I always have, I, it, fear doesn't go away, but you, <laughs> you have to condition yourself to be better. Right. Yeah. Once you start overcoming fear, it's easier to face it head on, even though it's still the same exact fear, like still same feeling, but like, it's like you're ready to pick up that sword and shield and actually tackle it. For sure. And I have one final question for you. I ask all of my guests this. What is one thing that you have learned from someone else that has changed your life? Um, yeah, the recent one was to be open and to be vulnerable. That's the biggest lesson I've learned. And it's made such a big difference and changed my life. Uh, it's brought me more, a lot more happiness. It's brought me quality of relationships. Um, so if I can, uh, you know, the one takeaway, if, if everyone forgets about this interview is t it, that I want everyone to remember is to be vulnerable and to be open. It's scary, but um, you'll, you'll see the positive results from that, guaranteed. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you for being vulnerable, because if you haven't, if you were not vulnerable, I would not have ran into your live, fi live fearlessly challenge, and I would not have been inspired for this episode, and 
I just want to thank you for that. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Yes, you're very welcome. And how can people contact you or uh, check you out? Yeah, they can find me on Facebook, um, Twitter, or or Instagram at Ginny, J-I-N-N-Y-O-H-H. Awesome.